With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is your moment, your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Raptors. We launching a podcast. This is good news. I would like to be a part of that. I could make it up. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. That's right on. Just keep going. I bleed green. Should probably have somebody look at that. <laughs> All right. View from the Raptors behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. And we have a very special guest with us today. He is the GOAT when it comes to talking to the media, especially in Boston. He is a Celtics legend, and he's come back to Boston full circle. Evan Turner, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Good to see you, man. I, I appreciate the introduction. I doubt. I think Mike Zarin would get pissed if, if he heard you call me a legend, but I'll take oh, it. Oh, come on. <laughs> nah, yeah, why? Joking. Why do you say why? that? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just hey, joking. Z loves you. <laughs> no, nah, that's my guy for real, but I appreciate the introduction. I'm glad to be on, so appreciate you guys. I mean, the last time I got to talk to you, Evan, I was, I was trying to crash your Instagram live party. When was that? Was that, that, was, that was like, I don't know, a couple months ago? You were like yeah. sitting in your car? I do remember that, actually. <laughs> I was on a, I was right near State House, actually. Huh. I forget Instagram Live, is, uh, Instagram Live exists because I rarely go on, but it's, it's super fun when you do. It's a lot of, uh, lot of support on there, so I And while we, while we were live, some dude found you. Like you, you were you were on Instagram Ooh. Live and the guy some guy was watching you and he was like oh sh- that's him down there and he yeah, like yeah. walked up to your car and asked for a picture yeah I was like you can see in here he said no I just know your car like and, uh, oh, no but I, I mean I have a green I mean I have a, a obvious car that I live in uh, the area I live in you know you know what I mean like I think he recognizes what looks like him like you know, you know I got you so it's kind I guess. of like, it's well, one of those things, but it was all love, and I always appreciate Boston for that because they always show me genuine love and, and the energy, which is why I'm so happy to be back. Besides, like the driving and all that, the roads in Boston are terrible. Yeah, we don't we don't need to talk about that. Oh, but no, that's one good thing about the pandemic: the traffic has not been that bad. But if you're living downtown, it's still, I mean, tough to get around. Man, but it could be worse. Life yeah. is eighty twenty, so it's all good. But you said you're back in Boston. We all know um, you came back. It was like mid-December, I think you came back. You introduced your role as a super-duper internship with the Celtics. How's that going so far? Associate associate head coach. 
Oh, oh so you got bumped. The associate to the head coach. <laughs> you got man. bumped. Joking. Right. Joking. Assistant to the associate head coach. The head coach, yeah. But nah, um, it's been cool. I think everything's been cool. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm very grateful for Brad to uh, allow me this opportunity to really, you know, learn the ins and outs, you know, of uh, basketball and coaching. I've always respected Brad's uh, mind. I enjoy playing for him and you know, just this day in and day out, you know, approach to things. So I think it's been going well. It's been some road bumps just personally, uh, just you know, trying to grow and learn and, you know, kind of pump my brakes a bit. But it's been cool, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoy, you know, being around positive energy and, and uh, you know, just assault your staff and, you know, learning, uh, learning a lot more, you know, tricks to the trade. What are you doing day to day, Evan? So day to day, basically, um, you know, I usually break down film, uh, usually help, you know, with the young guys in regards to some of their pep work, uh, you know, personal performance. Hold on, can you, yeah, tell us I'm what pep is. Not everyone but, knows pep. Oh, uh, so pep is just basically just like, you know, it's, it's like the little, the warm up to their own individual work. So basically some of the young guys, they'll show up early and keep learning defensive uh, schemes, some of the offensive plays. And, um, you know, it's just more intricate and more personal, you know, uh, opportunities for them to, to get reps because the season's been so hectic with the practices and on you know, the road trip we've had less time to teach you know what i mean player enhancement program yeah yeah player enhancement for. program all that. Oh, oh you want the the acronym the real i thing. did because no one knows oh really we gotta let well, the people know well i mean it's all the same stuff right <laughs> is <laughs> it I mean? no we don't know i mean it's not saying it's not the same stuff but i'm saying like they're just different names like are you walking or are you strolling? You know what I mean? Like it's like one of those things. Like just meaning like pep. It's, Abby's like, no, I got no idea. What it's you're just individual about. work. It's individual breakdown. Yeah. So like, how you personally, how each individual can get better and what they need to focus yeah, on. Yeah. Day and to day. Just, yeah. And just group work. So pep is just, I guess, just personal. Like okay. So there's yeah, personal yeah. and then there's group work. Yeah, yeah. But it's just smaller practices in a sense. You know what I mean? So it's only like 15 or 20 minutes. This is all really time allows. You know. Which guys have you been working with? Uh, so I've been able to help out, obviously. Uh, I help out Jay Larinaga with Taco and Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, I play ones uh, on off days sometimes with uh, Grant, Tremont, and Carson. Um, so I just literally just been chipping, kind of like not being a big brother, but, you know, just, you know, getting in where I fit in and, you know, helping out with my experiences and my advice and, you know, helping out with Romeo a little bit. But, you know, definitely just learning from some of the coaches we already have here on, you know, the the do's and don'ts. So I've been lucky, lucky enough to be welcomed in in that way, you know. But you were like on the border of playing this season, right? So, like, I I'm really curious to ask you this, because when I talked to Scal about when he went into coaching, he was like, the first couple days, like Monday and Tuesday, if there was practice, he's, he's like, I could keep up with the guys. But by the time it got to like Friday and Saturday, I could not keep up with the guys. And I knew that was when I had to retire and I was no, like no, done I, and I made the right decision. How does it feel for you? Like, can you still run with these dudes like seven days a week? Yeah, I think I could. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I mean, me and Scal's body was a little bit different. <laughs> and I'm not, yeah, I think Scal's a goat, don't ever get it wrong. You don't need to go that far, Evan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, like I can, st I mean, I can still get it, like for sure. Um, How tough was that decision, and what made you decide to choose coaching? I don't think it was like a great. I mean, it was a tougher decision. Like when it comes down to, it, I was able to play ten years in the league. Like you know what I mean? That was a blessing, especially in any sense. And um, on top of it, like I'm playing for you know to win, playing for a good you know situation and 
it's not like I have any personal goals. So when it came down to that and some of the opportunities I had wasn't to be on a winning team or whatever, and I was, I hate losing. And the stuff I did in Atlanta last year was like pure hell. So I was like, honestly, like to mix this in and wait on something that's not really for me or to get a quick start on, you know, learning in my next career that I want to go into, I thought was the best opportunity. I mean, that's a, that's a tough decision to make. Yeah, but I literally honestly looked at it as though like I was just trying to give advice to a friend. Like, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. sometimes when you give your friends advice, it's the obvious thing. You know what I'm saying? But they don't see it. And I was just kind of like, now, if I were to talk to my friend about this, what would be so obvious, you know? And I would think I went with the obvious choice. I love basketball, and I appreciate everything basketball has done for me. And uh, most important thing about basketball, I appreciate the life lessons it teaches. There's been parts of my game where, in my life, where basketball has played in my favor or the odds have played in my favor. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen it at the same time not playing somebody else's favor and how they've handled it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I've seen people handle it well, and sometimes I've seen people handle it badly. I just remember being a kid and just being like, bro, when I get older, if it comes to that time, I'm, I'm going to appreciate the moment I have now, but I'm going to step up and take whatever, you know, the game sends me or life sends me, I'm going to try to take it as a man and understand that, like, I'm not the only person it happened to. It's just like, that's a part of life, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of just always envisioned that way, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and accepted what, what I was blessed to have. And that was a 10-year career. And... I was able to make a lot of money and come back to places where people showed me love and to land on my feet in Boston is a top five sports organization in the world. So, and I'm just not saying, that. I'm just saying that to say how grateful I am for, you know, the next steps I'm able to take. Those are wise words, Evan. And I really am curious if, if you always looked at it that way, but I also want to know how did the transition come? Did you call up your friend, Brad Stevens and say, Hey, what do you, what do you think about being coaching? I mean, it got brought up because, you know, I spoke to my, I spoke to my agents about it. So I, I heard there was like certain options to do so. Oh, oh okay. Oh, there's Jason Tatum there sneaking go, in bro. over, over Evan's oh, shoulders. I'm out JT, here. you want to come on the pod? I'm giving, I'm giving an exclusive. Yep. Evan's taking about? credit for all of your success this season. That's what I'm saying, bro. Basically, yeah. I, I scored a 53 for you, a little 40 <laughs> point. I basically did the triple double. I basically just walked you through that whole thing. Now I'm just joking. I Honestly, I don't think a lot of people give credit to him, but like uh, Jason's one of those people that like when you grow up or whatever, and you get in competition or whatever, sometimes the competition, competition can turn to envy, but like he's one of those people, he's such a nice kid that like it's easy to be a fan and a friend of him. So like, if nobody knows that about him, like behind yeah. the scenes, like he's really a, like a legit individual. So. And you're not saying this just because he's hanging over your shoulder, right? Oh no, I'm saying this because when I look back on it and I see like, and not comparing him to Dan Miller or anything, like, kids, when you're out there, like, be a good person because it don't pay to be an asshole. Like all that stuff <laughs> is conducive. I'm saying that to say like, if you're looking up to him, he's genuinely a good individual. So don't get big headed. Don't be an idiot or whatever. Like. JT do right and all your other favorites do right. So let's just do right. You feel me? So I think we, yeah. Abby and I can both confirm that. JT is definitely a good dude. Classy guy. Yeah, that's right. Anytime I got a question and advice, this is the man to go to. ET got all the gems. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I barely do anything. <laughs> I don't think Brad would have brought you back if you, if you barely were going to do anything. But, but back to that question, did you reach out to Brad with this for this opportunity or did he bring it up to you? I know you, you spoke about your agent. 
it's pretty much a monster like our group so i talked to my agent so i knew it was kind of an opportunity uh that was on the table you know if i wanted to keep playing or not so when i spoke to brad about it he just asked me it's like are you sure you're done playing and i was like yeah i think i'm pretty sure he's like well are you positive because i still think you have a couple more years and this is like a dark side like coaching is a completely different you know realm so he's just making sure like i was making a decision that I wanted to do much more than anything else. Like, I didn't expect anything else from Brad because uh, I always appreciate having a conversation where he's always put my best, you know, what's best for me for it. So, I mean, I was lucky, you know, lucky enough for him to open a door and give me a position to be able to, uh, you know, learn and, you know, be around the right people. And you talk about him kind of having, allowing you to put your best foot forward. Let's rewind back to 2015 when you signed with this team. Um, you signed on a smaller contract two years i think it was about seven million yeah, my there weren't a whole lot of expectations right yeah that was uh i guess it wasn't a whole bunch of expectation you know that's a game you know you're hot and cold in the nba you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so when it came down to it, i knew there wasn't much expectations but i mean i also knew i could play basketball it was know? like a prove it deal that's how i saw it back then yeah i mean they, they definitely i mean i was making more off my shoe deal than i was here so yeah. it wasn't a prove it deal like it was a prove-it deal. It actually was a prove-it deal, absolutely. And I was fortunate enough to land in the right situation. You know what I mean? I think basketball's yeah. timing. I think to have a mind like Brad to be like, to speak and be like, hey, you might not be the best three-point shooter, but you can do everything else at a pretty high level. That's a good basketball player. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what he said to you when you arrived? Yeah, when I arrived, he's just like, I'm not worried about the three-point shooting. I'm like, you're able to do a lot of other stuff. You can develop it, of course, but you're, like, you just told me you can really do a lot of other things at a high level, and that was just the truth. So for whatever reason, we all just fall in love with 40% three-point shooters. <laughs> but it's fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, um, it looks good. Oh, it's fun. I, I don't doubt When I play video games, I shoot nothing but three. <laughs> <As you know? laughs> shoot. What's if you're not going to do it in real life, you got to do it in the video games, right? Yeah. Hey, you got to do it somewhere, but um, and that was pretty much it. And when I was able to come in, I just think time was everything. I was, I was able to be around a couple other people who are trying to rebuild their careers and, you know, rebuild themselves. And I think Brad was on the up and up where we were all able to uh, lean on each other and join together to really, you know, even though it wasn't as crazy as the 2017, 2018 teams with Eastern Conference Finals, but to go from a tank situation and making it to two playoffs and one year having 30-something players, I thought was pretty impressive. And it just showed a testament to the guys in the locker room. And that's, I mean, without that phase, like the Celtics don't get to where they are right now, right? They're not bringing in Al Horford and free agency if the team doesn't show that it's turning a corner. And I just want to clarify, when I say prove it deal, I just mean like, hey, Evan, We've got this opportunity for you to come here. You're going to have an opportunity to like play with the ball in your hands, show the rest of the league what you can really do because you didn't really have that opportunity really in the previous seasons of someone like using you the right way. I felt like that's what Brad did with you. Yeah, he I used just, you the right way. Yeah, and, and I don't. I never want to send any shot like shots to anybody else. Yeah, because like, that's not the case. It's just like. We speak in English. If somebody try to get you to speak in Spanish, it may be tough eventually. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Or you speak, you know what I mean, Mandarin or whatever else. So I was fortunate enough to, you know, have a coach that understood what I, I wanted to do or could do, and he put me in position to be successful. And, you know, for two years, two out of ten years, I played the best basketball in my career. You know what I mean? And, and I don't take that for granted because it was able to open up doors to uh, – 
no more opportunities to provide for my family, to be able to go to the West Coast and learn a lot, make it to the Western Conference Finals, win 50 games in the West, and, you know, do some cool stuff. And uh, I definitely just appreciate the opportunity. So, Evan, before we get too ahead, I feel like you are one of the few people who's actually seen Mad Brad and can talk yeah. about it. And there was an incident inside the locker room. I don't know whether it was your first or your second year, but you told us post-game in the media scrum that Brad was so upset with the way that you guys played that he threatened to take the food off the plane because it was a back-to-back. So then I get on the plane, and Brad said his wife texted him. Tracy was like, what did you say? What did you do? Are you really taking the food away? And Brad was like, what? I I did nothing. And I get on the plane, and Brad said, what did Evan say? Oh, he was he's still pissed about that. He brought that up like a month and a half ago. <laughs> Did he really? happened? He was like, uh, you know, you can't believe it. He was like, the media, he told a story. He said, like, you know, when Evan talks to media, you know, or tell jokes or tell whatever, so you don't know what he's going to say. And he told that joke. Like, and he told that story. I'm like, my, my dude, like, you brought that up like 20 times. Like, are you really that mad? Like, apparently. You know, I mean, I guess it, a baby girl must have called him, laid into him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, you know, when wifey called, you know, she can get your emotions up. You know how I go, way bigger than anything. So it's probably, I don't blame him, but that he definitely, he definitely didn't like that one. But he's right, he's right to be mad for sure. And Brad, if he were to take food away, I think it would be, I think he would be well within his rights because he, uh, he usually doesn't trip on much. <laughs> he he right. did take some food away, by the way, because when the back in the day, when Doc Rivers was here and even the early days with Brad, there were like Doritos on the plant. There was like all of the junk food that you could possibly pizza, want. In Chicago, in and yeah. out in California. Brad's like, that's not happening. Like, that's we got to get this on track. No, I dig what he's saying, bro. But at the same time, no. Like, like, it's a good it's, thing it's, that happened. It's good for like the players, but like I need the Doritos. I need the food. like <laughs> what what it. type of Doritos? Are you going nacho or are you going what is it? Cool, cool ranch? ranch. Cool ranch for sure. Yeah, that's cool what's ranch. up. I'm down with the cool ranch, but, yeah, but no one wants to be around you after you eat those. Man, no, but- I'm over it. Like, I, I don't trip. I'll be around you after eating onions, whatever. <laughs> but no, I, like when now with masks, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. That's true. But now you got to smell plane, yourself. On a plane though, like um. It gets to flight and seeing all them healthy ass snacks. Like you know what I mean? Like it be carrots. Yeah, it's like It's so true. Yeah. Someone's like, Can I get you like a what's it, a kombucha or whatever? It's like, no, I want Sprite. I tried one and it just wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. I like kombucha. But no, you're right. The the veggie, the crudite little plastic containers. It drives me wild. Yeah, I mean give the flight attendants eye contact for real, just so they won't even offer me nothing. For real. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want this shit. But then Lynchy gets on the plane and he gets his yogurt covered pretzels. He has his own bag with his name on it. That's because Lynchy's a man and we must protect him at all costs. <laughs> Lynchy got out fast the other night. That really? altercation between Bro, Tristan Lynchy, and Tori. Lynchy is still a trained killer. Like, till this day, if I was going to get somebody, I'm having Lynchy by my side 24 7. Context here, Lynchy is Phil Lynch. He's the team security. Uh, been doing it forever. Security guy. Been protecting you, the streets of Boston for over 50-something years. Yep. And, and when a fight breaks out on the court, that's the man you see running on to save the day and break it up. And he's really pulling up, bro. He's really, really pulling up. Lynchy's a man, bro. Lynchy is a man. The man. Okay, but Evan, back to my original question. What is Mad Brad? Because I feel like he's taken some heat this season, especially for being too 
even keeled, but what is he like really, I mean, in the locker room with you guys and, and when people do screw up? I th- he, he always tries to find a solution. Like, you understand what I'm saying? I think he gets, if he were to get mad, it's over an incident, I feel like incidents like over time where, you know, he's really trying to, you know, get people to reach their potential. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, if he gets mad, I think it's almost like the answer is so simple to do right. It's like, why don't y'all want to do right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. always been kind of like his MO. It's like, life is simple, find a solution. Like, just do what you're supposed to do. Like, you know what I mean? Same way why he gives you so much freedom because it's like, you're a pro, do your job. So I, I, I don't even know if it's like mad Brad much more than it is. Like Brad's much more funny and sassier than what you would think. Like much Explain, more. please elaborate. I get mad when people try to like play him like, like nerdy Brad, like Brad's an ill dude. Like a funny dude, like Brad ain't like somebody like you pick on, like there goes like the weird dude in the room. Brad's a, like, he's a man and he can talk shit with the best of them. The difference mm. is okay. We need an example of that. I can't give you example. Like I can, we can't be left hanging and not have an example I, of that. Yeah, I, I gotta think. I, I have to. I... He does have. He has a dry sense of humor with us, where he'll drop something, but then yeah. he like needs to make sure that you heard that. He's like, I was joking. You know, I don't no, really think. No, that. yeah, for sure. I, I can't really say. I, I have to think of something, and maybe we can like bring it back and tell it. But like, I just know for sure. Like one thing about him is like. He's, he's just a classy dude, so he keeps his manners. Like you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you know, he don't he don't draw into like the little nitpick stuff or whatever, you know. But like, and when when you when he does that so often, you you think it's kind of a way of him not being tough or like not like you know trying to avoid confrontation. But like, Brad can sit there and talk shit with you with the best of them. And like, it's not even like talk shit. He's keeping it real. He was just being nice, but not you know what I mean by letting you live. So sometimes you'll sit there and it's like. And like that little aha moment is like way crazier because he just allowed you to make an ass out of yourself. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Yeah, learn from your mistakes. So I, I'll, I'll always say that about Brad. People try to play him to be like corny or nerdy, and he, he's not like that whatsoever. Like he's he's cool. As, he's cool. He's cool as hell. And that's behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, right there. That's behind like, the like, scenes from one of the coolest people you ever met. Th- that is true. Right, that then. is. It so means right. more coming from that's you than if I said I, it. I, sometimes I got y'all kept asking me. I'm like, bro, like. I'm telling you he's cool. Like, he's a man. Like, you got to believe it. Like, take that to the bank, and you'll, you know what I mean? You'll get credit with that. You feel me? So, so after those two years in Boston, obviously you get a huge deal to go out to Portland. You're talking about how— I went how west for the manifest destiny. Went west for the manifest destiny. It's true, yeah. yeah. But you're, yeah. you're talking about how ill Brad is. How hard was it to leave? Man, it was, bro, I love Boston, bro. It was hard as hell to leave. Like, but then when you went to go talk about the offers, it's like, bro, y'all are just making me just, I got to leave. Like, I'd be a whole fool to stay. Like, God damn. Like, like. <laughs> offers you couldn't refuse. Offer I can That summer was crazy. Yeah, the you money wake that up was that, being handed out. Yeah you, yeah, you wake up that morning, they say 70, and you have to ask your agent four different times, like 17 or 7D. Like, no, like seven and seven a D. zero seven D. Like, I called my mom and she was like, Oh my god, like, like, shit. well, what's what was your what, like, what did that feel like? Because you were you were hanging it about, I think you maxed out at like six or seven mil a year before you got that contract, contract offer, right? And that stuff, what I get, I didn't shoot, I mean, I was comfortable. Like, I walked in, like, I had my shoe deal, so like, I told you, like. Yeah, when I didn't get a crazy deal from Boston, like my shoe deal was still the same. So like I've been 
comfortable financially. I guess, like, the one thing it was was, like, you know, to finally, like, I guess this is money to take, further money to further take care of my family, of course. But then at the same time, like, not saying I was entitled to anything, but I was just like, bro, I, all right, I know I deserve this. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not knocking anything. I don't want to go deep into anything. But, like, when I watched, like, I knew I, like, there's a ton you of earned that. Yeah, but I knew I deserved it. I knew, like, and I was grateful for money I was making prior to, but, like, I knew that was a low ball, too. Like, like you understand what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. when it came down to it, besides, like, my family and, like, my kids I didn't have at the time, I was like, I'm glad I was able to get this. I'm glad somebody appreciated what I put in and, it's, most importantly, the sacrifices I made. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times we speak on a lot of stuff, and I don't like hyping myself up. I, I made a lot of sacrifices for myself personally and, 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 you know, publicly, where it's all the glitz and glamour where I always take hits for it. And, and you know, sometimes say, like, all right, I guess you get paid for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was a blessing, and, 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 and it was cool, and... I remember, you know, calling my mom and she was hype. I remember calling Iguodala and he was so hype. And, uh, you know, it was cool to, you know, it's just cool to see. And, um, you know, the biggest thing, like I always say, was just trying not to die before I signed a deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was July 1st. I couldn't sign a deal until July 5th. And I kept trying to tell him, like, bro, I will come out there now. Like. Let's no, just do this. Yeah, like, get the pen Can, you, you, know, can you, like, email or fax that yeah, to me, like, like now? now. Yeah, like, the second I said, yeah, like, all right, where do I need to sign? Like, that was the toughest part, just making sure I stayed alive. <laughs> Wrapping myself up in bubble wrap. Did you stay home? You didn't go anywhere? Yeah, yeah I didn't go. Don't I'm drive. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn. Like, Careful you eat. And then within a year, you've got someone driving into your pool trying yeah, to take was, you out. Man, that was lit. <laughs> that was lit. That was crazy. That was crazy. That was a funny story, but like every part of that was like it just it turned out well. It was a week before Christmas. The dude didn't die. Mm. You know, what he, I mean? he went right into the pool, didn't he? He went right into the pool, and he should have dropped went off over, that. Went over the pool yeah. and dropped 20, 25 more a cliff, right? Yeah, and landed, landed on the Montgomery Avenue. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's funny now. It could have been yeah. really bad. That's what I'm saying. Like fifteen feet to the left, he would have went into my kitchen. I would have just been eating breakfast. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? So he came out with broken ribs, hips, leg, and ankle, but he didn't die. My chef got a, what is it? Uh, he got a special award from the fire department. Or oh. Whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, was there water in the pool at the time? There was water in the pool. Yeah. And then, too, I got to use insurance, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you pay all that money. What it's for? for? Yeah, yeah. All that money for insurance. And like you, there's no reason to call in because you don't want your premium to go up. And it's like it's about <laughs> goddamn time. It's about we time, we bro. all can relate to that. Bro, was, it was about time, bro. Like I, I'm need, glad you got to cash in on it. Y'all need to hold me up and like honor me because I was one of the few people that was able to use a insurance for some real shit. Like, you know what I mean? I got new carpet, everything. I was doing my back. <laughs> Like, I got a new carpet. I got a new You're coffee the table. The premiums go up because they I, was, I got a new house. set of knives yeah, for right? my yeah, chef. No, but it was it was still it was still good. So I I liked it. So it was dope. But that was a funny part. And the the team film uh, the team uh, photographer he had a great idea to bring out the droid and the drone. Mm-hmm. The drone before, before yeah. they took the before they took the truck out the pool. So we were able to get some dope shots and everything, but it was just crazy because it took them four days to figure out how to take the truck out the pool. Oh my gosh. Because think about it, it was an 18 ton truck. It's 25 feet down. 
legit how you see on my street, the street is only probably as narrow as like 20 feet maybe. So you know what I'm saying? So every time I would look out the window from like my living room, I would see the hole and I would just see like the three guys just sitting there like this, like. What are we, scratching their heads? Yeah, they're scratching their head. They're, they're, yeah, they'll bring, a, they'll bring like a little forklift or whatever and it wouldn't work. It was work. an engineering feat to be yeah, able yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. truck out of your pool. Yeah, and every time I would open like the window, I would just see them just like, like kind of like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm not really tripping, bro, because nobody got the answers to a truck falling into a pool. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm lucky that all played out and I was able to sell that house just like three days ago. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, boom. Congrats. Done. I saw Congrats you on that. No, life. The listing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Life life appears to be paying you forward. You got the big deal. Yeah. You got no, the cash in on insurance. The guy, the driver was okay. Just had some broken ribs. This is good stuff. I sold the Crazy house. stuff happens to you, Evan. I feel like all the time, all the time. We're going to, we're going to do story time with Evan Turner to wrap this thing up. But yes, as a little preview, crazy stuff happens to you. No, like when the truck went into my pool, I legit, my, my, my chef was like going crazy or whatever. And I was just like, man, of course. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) I'm like, stuff like this happens to me all the time. So I call my people. I'm like, yo, um, it happened again. Yeah. I call, I called. I called the team security. It's like, yo, a truck just crashed into my pool. Like, tell them I'm going to miss shoot around or I'm going to be late. So when Rick Riley tells Coach Stotts, like, yo, Evan, uh, it's going to be late to shoot around. He's like, he's like, a truck fell into his pool. So Stotts is kind of looking like, you really believe that? And he's like, no, look. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then after I called my finance people and, you know, my people, they're just like, yo, you know, you sure it out the yin-yang. You know, just go about your business. We'll handle it. So... I just told the people, like the fire department, like, look, bro, there's somebody here. Like, talk to. I gotta go. Like, I just walked down the hill. I went to practice. People were like shocked. I'm like, bro, shit like this happens to me all the time. Like, all the time. Like, it don't even shock me. I was like, of course. Like, of course. Well, that's a great story to go into our our first uh, commercial break. We're gonna come back after this and get some more context of maybe some more crazy stories that happened in the life of Evan Turner. We'll be back right after this. No. I know I've been waiting forever to get back into TD Garden for a live Celtics game, and I know you've been feeling the same way. So why not make up for some lost time? Get in on all of the action for next season by signing up for the Celtics season ticket member waitlist presented by American Express. Listen, when you sign up, you'll get priority access to purchase season ticket memberships for the 2021-22 season once tickets become available. So after you're done listening here, head on over to Celtics.com waitlist to sign up today, and you'll be back inside the garden in no time, helping your boys grab a win. All right, story time with Evan is going to come up in the next segment, so you're going to have to wait around for that. But right now, we're going to jump in and talk about, Evan, your your early portion of your career. And you were the number two pick back in 2010. And, you know, something that you mentioned, I don't know if it was directly to me or if it was to the media in general while you were here in Boston, it's like the, the expectations that come with being a high lottery pick. It's like, if you are the number two pick, you have to be a superstar or else it's a complete failure. Number two, number three, number four. Can you just explain what the pressures are for like a young guy coming in the league? And sometimes these expectations are unrealistic. No, when you're number two pick, like things have to play out the right way. Like Tristan Thompson and I were talking the other day. Had I thought about it, I would have I would have not visited Washington. I, I mean, I would have not visited Philly. I only did one workout, I only did Philly. 
or not visited Philly, just like I didn't visit Washington, I went third or fourth or fifth for an option where it could allow me to develop the way that people like, I would love to have time to develop the John Wall and Brad Bill. Hmm. I got drafted to a team where the dude there is about to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. And then the other dude that he drafted is on his second max max contract, which is mm-hmm. Drew Holiday. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. those, so when you break it down, what those two do, they don't really catch and shoot. So now when it comes into it, it's like you got the franchise, you got certain people. It's like fit is everything. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying you would have rather gone later, even though the paycheck and the contract is a little bit lower, you would have rather had the better situation than going higher in the draft. In hindsight, I mean, if you want to sit here and say I would have went, I would have went tenth or ninth for Gordon and, and Paul George went. I mean, I'm, and that's not no diss, but I mean, we ended our four years with the exact same numbers. Yeah. Somebody but went. The expectations fifth. were different. That's the I'm opportunities saying. were different. Yeah, and, and Gordon's an ill dude, so not, don't let me hate. But what I'm saying is, like, during those two years of like having the number two pick, there were certain things that people wanted that wasn't realistic. Like one, I'm playing behind Iguodala. If we're not if we're not figuring out a way to make it work or I'm backing them up, I'm missing a lot of time in developing. And the Iguodala is a great player, so and that's one of my best friends, so I don't mm-hmm. ever get it wrong. Two, people on me average twenty eight. During those two years, the most anybody averaged was fourteen on that team. And that was Lou Will off the bench. I averaged nine, five, and four. Drew averaged like twelve or thirteen. Iguodala was an all star at twelve, six and five. We were two minutes away. From going to the Eastern Conference Finals, shout out the playoff round though he does what he only does is pull up in big moments and hit two big threes. We've been going to the Eastern Conference Finals. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. During that time, there's a lot that came out about me that I can I couldn't coerce or there's nobody that you know stuck up for me during that time. You know what I'm saying? So I speak on that situation as uh, as honest as I can, but I'm grateful because it really made me tougher to play in Philly. Playing the city of Philly, like Philly, like a brotherly love, that type of toughness, that type of backhanded compliment, weird, you know, weird energy, hater, just like, you know, put up or shut up, made me a tougher person. It, it, it helped me become a man. It helped me, you know, deal with what I had to, in the, you know, today. But I mean, other than that, like, yeah, I would have went, I would have waited. Don't give away all the secrets. No, this might be my last exclusive. Like, you know what I mean? These are people, these are the only last two that really care about me, for real. But, um, but, but when I break it I don't down, know who that who was that it was just Jason again. Some for whatever reason he's always around me. That was Jason again. Yeah, that's JT again. He just gravitates towards you. Nah, he he probably just I'm, I am near a fool room, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's how we get him. You have to yeah. be. <laughs> but at the same time, um, if I had to, I probably went third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like one of those things. But I learned a lot in Philly in the sense of being a pro. I think one thing that I took with me that helped a lot was like, Doug Collins always tried to talk to me about the value of winning. And I was around people like Rod Thorne that like, as a pro, like, if you didn't win, they weren't impressed with it. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I was glad I didn't get NBA'd in that sense and, you know, somewhat, you know, figure out like, oh, let me get 40 points and be a loser, you know? But when you talk about those early Philly days, there's a lot of stuff that played out the way where, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a president that when I got drafted, he went from being a president to a GM. And you understand what I'm saying? So now we get Rod Thorne come in. So you go from being a rebuilder to, you know, Rod Thorne having a mind and being like, 
which you, you you don't shock or whatever. It's like, no, this is actually a good team. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? And I don't, and Rod Thorne talked, he said, and I don't trade good players. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what he said. And it was like, oh, well, when I was going here, I thought they were about to trade such and such, and we were, me and Drew were going to develop. Hey, kid, it's either you beat them out or you don't. But I don't trade good players. And for me personally, that was everything to me as an individual, especially in an age where, you know, you always somewhat get what you want and it builds entitlement, you know what I mean? But those little life lessons of staying and fighting and learning and, you know, once, most importantly, learning from my brother like Iguodala definitely, you know, it molded me well in different instances to help me later in life, you know? Now that you can look back at it and see the big picture, was there a low point, a low moment that you remember? The whole thing. Really? I found strength through vulnerability. So, like, when I say, like, if I have to be honest, like, no, I, like, the whole thing, like, around that time was hell. And it's not because, like, oh, Philly's a shitty I understand circumstances. I understand stuff you can control, you can't control. I understand there's parts where I could have been immature in instances or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I, never, I never, ever, ever want to pin this or be a negative Nancy or anything. But, like, where I'm just saying, it's like, if you have to, the positivity I got from it, was just from vulnerability. And those were like some of the darkest times I've had. You understand what I'm saying? So how did you come out on the other side of those moments? I mean, I know you're talking about vulnerability, but yeah. like, um, like, how did you make it through all that mentally? My support system, I had a really strong support system. And, um, you know, I, the, you know, the right words can really help you. So, you know, Aaron McKee, like, you know, he definitely helped me. My family helped me. You know, my mentor, Coach Mullins helped me. I had childhood friends that, you know, were there around, they, you know, try to join and support me. But, you know, one thing I also remember was just like the story of Rocky that I took from Philly. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Rocky wasn't loved. Like, you know what I'm saying? People not Rocky and shit. You know what I'm saying? I remember Aaron McKee telling me, like, the best stories are the comeback stories. And, like, you know, you kind of got to remember who you are. And uh, you equate that to, you know, stuff you meet, like, just even, like, the dumb stuff from, like, the Lion King, Rafiki. It's like, how are you going to be go be a, a goat or go be who you think you're supposed to be? You know, you know who you are. And, um, you know, one thing I always remember is just, like, all right, I got to really be my own best friend and my own worst critic. But I got to love who I am and remember who I am. And uh, I think, like, with that strength, after leaving there, like, nothing ever really bothered me because I always just walked around with a, a, a great view on who I was. Like, you know what I'm saying? So... I thought like during that time, it really, uh, it really helped me continue to stand on my own two feet as a man, because I went in as a kid. So my only like real thing like the Philly days, like not even just talking about like basketball whatsoever, like I just take positivity from becoming a man from that. I think you're also unique though in the fact that you can do that. You know to check yourself in the mirror, and and I feel like young 20, 22 year olds, that isn't that's rare the person that you are, the personality that you have, and the perspective that you could take even at that time? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess it could be. You know, sometimes maybe it slipped to 23 or 24. Who knows? But you know what I mean? I'm glad I was able to, to halt the brakes, you know? And I don't want to give myself any type of credit because about that because I was fortunate enough through God to have the right people around me. Like, I'm no, like, I don't know why he shows me so much favor. I'm grateful for it, but, like, Sometimes I'll sit there and be like, God damn, like God just dead ass sent me an angel. Like, there's been times where I legit been like, he don't even know. Like, 
So, like, I don't want to take toughness or nothing. There's been times where I legit been like, damn, he, he sent that. So I'm grateful for that. And something else that he sent you, you know, since you've been in Boston and you talked about being a kid and growing up, yeah. you're a dad now, man. Um, what, what's, what's that like and, and what got you to that point of life um, that you were well, ready to take sex. that on? Well, I'll just show you. So what got you to that point in life? Well, I met a girl and we were not <laughs> um, nah, that's what's so cool. Like when you're a kid and you, you used to watch all these athletes say like this is cool but my best my best accomplishment is having a kid and everything and i used to be like bro that's that's nonsense there's no way and it's like it's the truth man like to have a kid is like the most beautiful thing on earth and uh man and like you know to have a spitting image of you and like i guess it's like another sign of god did that hit you that hard like immediately um, or did it it took a little while it took a little while but you know, sometimes, you know, when you see your kid, my kid's a spinning image on me, and she acts just like me, you know what I mean? And she's, awesome. uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad no, thing. No, my kids no, don't look yeah. anything like me, Evan. Really? Like, I don't know if yeah. you can see back there. They have yeah. blonde hair, like, <laughs> yeah. so enjoy that, is all yeah, I can say. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, her mom complains about that, too. She's like, she don't look like me at all, but what's so cool is just, like, your kids, they just think you're the coolest thing on earth. They're, they're unremorseful for the love they have for you and, like, the tendencies they pick up from you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, think, like, when my dad says, like, oh, my dad, like, damn, she thinks I'm, she thinks I'm a big deal. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that, that's just a gift from God, and I really appreciate it. That's, You're her superhero. Yeah, I right? guess, I guess, but I, I've Someone's been... superhero. Yeah, someone, but, nah, being, being a parent is the dopest thing on earth. Evan, what's so funny is I remember being pregnant with Mabel, my first, and walking in a locker room, and um, I said something, or you said something to me, or I said something to you, and I'm like, when are you going to have kids? And you're like, oh, not, no, not for, not for a long time. Not for a long time, right? <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I'm talking now. about here. Is it can happen in an instant, but like yeah. you get to that point of life where you're ready as a man to do that. Yeah, yeah no, for sure, and... and, and um, I guess, I don't know if they say you're never fully ready when you have kids, but I thought, I mean, like I said, I thought mentally, like, also, too, like, like a restart, refresh your life, like, you know what I mean? Like, to be able to see her grow up and to see all the great life she has ahead of her and, you know, all the cool stuff. She's, I can't wait to be, like, a PTA parent or, like, you know what I mean, picking her up and driving her places or, like, the times where I try to tell her I was cool and she don't believe it. Like, I can't just wait to, you know be a helicopter parent, I guess, or whatever that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's going to be the coolest stuff, because being an NBA, we're fortunate enough to do a lot of things and, and see a lot of things, but you also live an unreal life, so, like, sometimes the normality is what you miss the most, and you get that from your kids, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to that part, and she's, she's dope, she's in gymnastics, she just turned three, and, uh, she likes basketball a little bit, but um, she likes it a lot of bit actually. But we, we don't really play it. But she she she, she does, likes what you like. Yeah, she likes what I like. Well, actually, her, her mom at hoop, so she's really into it, like with her parents. So like, she's like, I want to play basketball. Like when I get her, she like Michael Jordan. I want to watch Michael Jordan. Like you know, <laughs> so we either gotta watch like Save the Last Dance every night, wow. or like some type of highlight. That's you know? awesome. 
No, it, it is cool, but I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Like, Let's do this. Like, well, she Jordan. really is a spitting image of, of yeah. Evan Turner. Yeah, or like, I you love go it. to the store, she's like, I want Jordans. I'm like, who is telling you? Like, Jordans? <laughs> like, like, you mean like these shoes? Like, yeah, Jordans, Jordans. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're like, wow, I really did make her. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's an expensive habit. Real quick before Amazing. we take one more commercial break, Evan, could you imagine, like, where Jason Tatum and Rob Williams and these guys are uh, of being fathers at their age? I, I I respect the hell out of them for being able to yeah. do what they do yeah. and to be like so into it at that age. No, absolutely. No, it's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. I think one thing is, you know, obviously just seeing you know full four with you know Rob and Tatum. You see Deuce and everything. I think it's a great. It's a great experience for the kids. And, you know, um, when Iguodala first won his MVP or won his NBA championship or whatever, like one thing that like I thought was the coolest thing was like a little Andre is nine or 10. It's like, that's a door open where his mind can go. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? To see him doing what he does. To see him do that and that's their normality. It's not being like, it's some far-fetched dream. Right. Let's say make the NBA or do anything, but, but like, to have people know you're to somewhat be larger in life, like to be able to see that and to be able to, you know, see your parent in that glory or, you know, your kids see what you do. I think that's a great thing that they're able to share. And um, I think that's, you know, besides some, you know, having the gifts of being fathers, it's definitely gonna make for some great memories, especially, you know, little dudes who's, who's probably sick of all the stardom, you know? Okay. I don't more think famous so. than anyone on this team Who right now. <laughs> Who are you telling? No lie. We're going to take a quick break and come back for actual story time with Evan Turner. We're all in the same boat when it comes to trying to come up with great gift ideas for birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, and every other occasion. We're all looking for something unique. And now, the Celtics have you covered. The team's official digital gift cards provide flexibility and allow you to treat your favorite C's fans to tickets without even having to worry about which games will fit their schedule. Just choose your gift card value, and your recipient can choose their preferred game and their preferred seat location. It's that simple. So head on over to Celtics.com slash gift cards and grab one today. And don't forget to tell your recipient to thank me for sending you over there. All right, story time with Evan Turner. Here we go. Evan, the first thing that I want to ask you is story time about your time here in Boston with the Celtics. There are stories that we have heard, such as Kelly Olenek having to take down some burritos in a certain oh, no. amount. I saw this, Mark. It was <laughs> that was disgusting, disturbing. Yeah. At one point, I was like, "What are we doing? He's going to kill himself." Are you talking about when, when he did the Chipotle for like however much money? Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I either take us into that story or another one that that stands out to you from your time here. This is the coolest story. And shout out to Phil Lynchy. So um. And Kelly Olenek. So we're arguing on the bus about the best point guards, right? So, you know, Kelly, he's best friends with David Stockton, Stockton or whatever. Yep. So, mm. Sometimes. Gonzaga ties. Gonzaga ties. Yeah. yeah. So I'm talking about like the top five point guards of all time. So I'm like, man, you got to do J. Kidd, like Isaiah Thomas. Like, I'm saying all this. Like, I threw in white chocolate. Like, whoever. What? Like, you know what I mean? I love white. I used to, I used to carry a rookie card. Top five point guard all time. Come on. For me, I used to carry okay. Jason Williams' rookie card in my wallet as a kid. Like, I thought you were just messing with Kelly. No, no. So look, well, so this is where he got mad. So you know, Kelly do this stuff like, well, the best point guard is John Stockton. I'm like, I totally dig you, bro. But Stockton didn't win championships. Like Isaiah won two with 
you know, kind of like the replacements in a sense, like Lamb Beer, like, you know? And he won two championships during the LA Jordan, like, you know what I mean? Right. Era. Like, we aren't arguing this. Like, if he's, if he's, if he's a, a jerk, go ahead, like, do whatever. But, like, we're not doing that. So Kelly's like, man, well, he had two of the hardest stat, like, the steals and assists. He's like, people may never, ever, ever reach that level. You know what I'm saying? For Stockton. Yeah, for Stockton. So we're arguing about that. So I kid you not, I get off on the wrong elevator, right? I get off on the wrong elevator. Okay. I feel like I don't have a key or something weird. I call the, the hotel, like the lobby. I feel somebody come up behind me and grab me. I turn around. Who is it? Lynchy. No, it's Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> the real Isaiah Thomas. All right. The original. So you're in New York. Where were you? No, no, we're in Atlanta. Oh, so we're, Atlanta. Playing, okay. we're playing. We're playing the Hawks on national TV. Whoa. Like that night. So that was when Isaiah, I guess, was in the studio. So when he grabs me, and and people don't know, Isaiah Thomas and I went to the same high school. Okay. So like okay. my high school. Yep. Yeah, my high school coach. Yeah, we we swear by the same Italian dude, R.I.P. Gene Pingatore. Like you know what I mean? So like. When he grabs me, I'm instantly, I'm not like, oh my God, so I say, I'm like, you need to come with me right now, okay? <laughs> I'm like, you got five minutes? And he's like, yeah. I said, all right, you want to hear this. So mind you, I could have been arguing with Kelly at 12.32. This happened at like 12.36, maybe. What are the odds? I, yeah. I text everybody, yo, come to the floor, whatever, come to this room right now. Like, <laughs> so mind you, like, so Jay come down, like, everybody that was in the conversation, Jay come down, Isaiah come down. I think I actually took dude to Kelly's room. We go, I take Isaiah the Thomas to go knock on Kelly's door. When Kelly opened the door, I'm like, yeah. yeah like, yeah, I roll like that. Just saying. Say all that shit you Say just it to his face. Like, right now. And Kelly's like, and Isaiah Thomas, like, Kelly, how could you even say such? I hired your mom in Toronto. I did it, I did it. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> So like legit, it was just hilarious because um you know Jay came down there, Isaiah, the other Isaiah Thomas came yeah. down there, and uh, <laughs> what does Lynchy have to do with this story? Oh, so when I told people to come down quick, quick, when we're all talking, you just see Lynchy, like, like, kind of zooming into where we're at, like, what's going on? And then we like Lynchy, what do you like? What like what's going on? He said, you said come down quick, ASAP. I said, I thought something bad happened. Like Lynchy was coming out of nowhere to like save the day. He just took off. So he's like one of few people. I'm not like, knowing the situation. He shows up by himself. He's ready. Yeah, he was ready. And I remember being like, man, good old Lynchy, bro. Because Lynchy came down like I'm talking about. I look like he dropped everything and just took off. And I was like, no, no, this was. Like, he was ready to save lives. Yeah, I was like this was for some, for some dumb stuff, Lynchy, but. But then when you bring it back to like just the whole Isaiah Thomas conversation and really hearing him talking, like, you know, really uh, just hearing real talk about basketball. You know what I mean? Like just his opinion on certain things, like how cool he was asking about like old time Hall of Famers. Around that time, I'll bring this up. Jay Crowder was getting a reputation as a defender. Mm -hmm. I remember being at my house like probably like a month before that and we're watching MJ highlights. And Jay said out loud, I think I could have clamped MJ. <laughs> right? <laughs> So Isaiah's like, Isaiah's like. Jay's head was growing in Boston. Okay, I get don't it. Don't get it wrong. Like Boston, Boston man's ill. Don't ever let me get it messed up. But I was kind of like, now nah, this, everybody get out of my house, bro. So now we get to the point where like. We've gone too far. You've gone too far. Too far was an understatement. I'm like, 
And, you know, I'm playing behind Jay, so we kind of like competition. Like, so now they didn't told this man he's good enough to start. And he, now he think he could clamp up Jordan? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, let me, let me not. So when that came out, actually Isaiah asked me, said, yo, so be honest. You seen Jay Crowder play defense. Isaiah, big Isaiah was like, yeah, no, he's good. Like, play defense, he's physical, he's tough. Like, yeah, you know, all that good stuff. It was like, can he clamp up Jordan? Isaiah was like. Like, no, bro. He's like, I'm gonna, no, he's just like, I'm going to give you this. He said, go back and look at those numbers. He said, we for sure had the toughest defense in Detroit. So we were able to play physical and everything. I'm talking about right. really, when you could hand check. Yeah, he said at one point in his career, we we slowed him down. We told when we started doubling him once he crossed half court. We, we said we slowed him down. He averaged 37.9. <laughs> So he said, and that was two people on him, and we could beat him up. So he's like, no, you could not stop Michael Jordan. <laughs> he averaged 37.9. We put a system in for him to stop him. And we thought that was good. So he's like, you can never do that. And what I thought Jay that was, say? Oh, Jay was just like, I mean, he respected it, but it's, it was just like, uh, it was just a whole, just wholesome, like, just dope conversation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine if y'all were able to sit down, just chop it up with. With Evan Turner? Uh, I mean, that's going to, I mean, you're going to get. This is the highlight of your month, I'm sure. <laughs> year? Year, whatever. But like, I don't know, Stephen A. Smith or somebody like that. Who knows? But like, you're going, you know, you're going to jump into, you know, just appreciating the stories and appreciating the mileage that he has, you know? And it was just super cool because this is Isaiah Thomas. And he literally just took time out of his day on a whim and just hung out and talked to us literally in the hallway for 40 minutes. I bet he loved it as much as you guys did. I'm sure he, I'm sure he did. I, I don't know, but we definitely loved it, and, and it was super cool. And it was like the irony of that story. I, I yes, you that you're just talking about. Well, we were just talking about it like 12:32, and legit, I see him at 12:36. Like, Crazy. and I was like, legit, like, nah, bro, we're going. It was like he was there to defend his name. It had that thing. He heard right. you, yeah. His he should have. Ears, were, ears were ringing. Yeah, yeah. maybe, and they be doing Isaiah dirty. So I'm glad he was able to defend his name. That was for sure. I very much enjoy sitting down with Evan Turner for an uh, hour to to chop it up man this has been a lot of fun thank you for uh, doing nah, this for real for real i appreciate y'all no lie uh it's been cool to see y'all man i hope to uh hope things get back to normal bro i'm sure it's been super weird You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.